0: Welcome back to the Global Gamers Podcast.
1: Ed, I've got a very important but theoretical question for you. Who wins in a fight? Star-Lord or Han Solo? Uh, well, first off, I haven't
0: seen Guardians Volume 3 yet. Um, I'm going to say Han Solo because basically Star-Lord is a Han Solo copy paste archetype character. Han Solo is cooler. Harrison Ford greater than Chris Pratt. And he shoots first. And he shoots first. Um unless we're talking Force Awakens Han Solo or Solo a Star Wars story Han Solo. But yeah. other than that, original trilogy Han Solo wins hands down. There you go.
1: Okay, tell you what. I think I made it too easy that first time. What about Groot against Yoda? Um Yoda Probably, but then Groot would probably grow back.
0: He would, so it'd be okay.
1: And he would like just like be undercover on Dagoba, and y- Yoda wouldn't be able to find him. Exactly. Well, Yoda could find anything on Dagoba. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, what what is prompting all of this Inquisition?
1: Well, I don't know. It's just it's the classic conundrum of which super powered hero is going to beat which one, and I have a solution
0: for that problem. Well, wouldn't
1: it be nice if there was some kind of a game that let us duke this out? Have you heard of Unmatched?
0: And the reason they call it the Unmatched game system is that this isn't just one game. There are a whole bunch of sets that are completely cross-compatible with each other, and you can mix and match them however you want. So if you've ever wondered who would win a fight between Dracula and the T-Rex from Jurassic Park...
1: This, this is a game, the game is for, for you. you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, with that in mind, let's talk let's talk Unmatched. Yeah. So, let's do it. Um basically, in Unmatched, that's it, you're going to be one of several characters who are either from, you know, classic stories or mythology. I think it basically started off as whatever they could get that was in public domain. Yeah. and then more recently they've come out with sets that are tied to ip franchises so jurassic park um yeah for some reason there's a buffy the vampire slayer set there's yeah. a bruce lee and there's now several marvel sets
1: got it yeah
0: but the sets that i really like are the more classic non-ip ones so yeah. just uh
1: public to domain give... for the win
0: yeah um where you can be a little bit more you know creative with the characters. Um, So just to give a sense, the sets that I have right now are the Cobble and Fog set, which comes with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Dracula, the Invisible Man, and Sherlock Holmes. The Invisible Man, when you can find him. When you can find him. Um, And then the other set I have is the Battle of Legends, Volume 1, which comes with King Arthur, Medusa, Alice, from Alice in Wonderland, and Sinbad. Um, yeah, and I just have a great time with this game. So you want to give an an overview about how it's played?
1: Sure. So basically you've got a little game board and it's small enough that you can kind of keep away from each other a little bit, but eventually you're going to be drawn into close quarters and that's when you're just kind of duking it out and it's last person standing. You're just attacking each other and trying to take down people's hit the other person's hit points and
0: until they get to zero
1: until they get to zero yeah and you know some of the characters have higher hit points and it's just them out there others have a couple of like sidekicks sidekicks that accompany them and so yeah depending on what the matchup is it can vary in that respect but the basic premise is very simple and the same you're just duking it out and it's like a, it's like one of those like, do you remember those video games where there or that old like, like Soul Caliber or like um, Street Fighter
0: kind of games? Yeah, or like yeah. Mortal Kombat. It's, yes,
1: that's the that's the vibe.
0: Yeah, and basically as you said, this is just like I don't know if I would necessarily call it area control, but you're like you're moving around a little mini map. And you have a deck of cards, and each player's deck is different. There are a couple cards that are the same. Like, everybody has a faint card that lets you, like, cancel out an opposing player's effect. But everybody's deck plays very differently and is super thematic to, like, how they play. So, like, Medusa is a ranged character um, because she has a bow and arrow. And so she can shoot people from far away as long as they're in her colored zone. And at the start of each turn, if you're in Medusa's zone, you take damage. I guess that's, like, looking her in the eye. Right. Whereas, um, you know, the Invisible Man, he has a lot of very defensive cards. And he has these fog tokens that he can move between, even if they're not adjacent. And he can, like, come off of the board and hide for a turn, and then go back anywhere he wants. Yes. You know.
1: Doesn't have as high of attack cards, but is very evasive.
0: Yeah. And then, like, characters like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or Alice, they can kind of, like, switch... Um, from like one state of being to another. So like Jekyll and Hyde, each turn you decide which one you play as and Hyde is more attack based and Jekyll is more defense based. And then like Alice can go from big to small and one, you know, when she's big, she has higher attack. When she's small, she has higher defense. It mm-hmm. makes sense like that. Yeah. Um, and basically it's a very quick game. You are just playing attack cards, defense cards, maneuvering to draw new cards and move around the board or special scheme cards that allow you to do special abilities. And as you said... Last person standing wins. Usually you're done in about half hour. Yeah. Maybe less.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Two players half hour tops could be less. You know, you can also play with four, then maybe close. Or three. Or three. And then maybe it's closer to 40. But like, quick game. Under an hour for sure. And
0: what we should say, and uh, I was going to save this for um, our list of things not to do. Um, We didn't realize the first time we tried a four player game that you're only supposed to play with more than two players if you're playing on a team. Do not play a four-player game of Unmatched where each person is on their own team because it'll take really long and some people will die early and then have nothing to do. Yes. Um, whereas if you're on a team, it'll be like... You know, it takes a little bit more time because you're discussing with your teammate, but it's collection, collective decision-making and everyone right. is still participating. Right. Um. Yeah, so that's basically how to play Unmatched. It is so easy and is so quick um i knocked out like three games of unmatched today in like an hour and a half it was great yeah um and again you can start with like any set you want and mix and match them however you want and as i mentioned the sets i have each have four characters in them but some of them have two and so they're at a lower price point like 25 dollars or less and like there's one set that's Robin Hood and Bigfoot, and it's all like Forest themed. So you play in Sherwood Forest and right. one person's Robin Hood and one person's Bigfoot. Or there's Houdini and the genie, or Little Red Riding Hood and Beowulf, which I guess is going for a wolf theme of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Beowulf isn't a wolf, but you know,
1: play on words. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, and I mean that's half <coughs> the fun more than half the fun with this game, right? Like just these mashups where it's like you're taking these kind of like Characters that don't necessarily fit together, and just seeing See what, what happens happen. yeah. when they go toe to toe. It kind of takes you back to that childhood feeling of playing
0: with action figures or yes. like having debates with your friends about like who would win yes. in certain matchups, as it we just did. Absolutely
1: does. Um, it absolutely does. Yeah. So one thing, Ed, I'm wondering if we should talk a little bit about more. I mean, we we laid out the basic premise of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever is last person standing with the hit points. But could we talk a little bit more about how the card management works in this game? Because yeah. we alluded to the fact that there's a deck of cards and that people are using these to attack. But there's a couple other wrinkles to it.
0: Yeah, basically. So at the start of the game, you will have five cards in your hand. And each person's deck, I believe, has 30-something cards in it. Um, Each card will be either an attack card, a defense card. Um, Attack is red, defense is blue. The versatile purple cards can be used as attack or defense, and then the yellow lightning bolts are scheme cards, which are special abilities. Um, Each attack, defense, and versatile card will tell you its value. So if I have an attack card of three and I decide to attack you, I'll say, Ryan, I'm attacking you. Medusa is attacking Sinbad, right? I'll play my attack card face down. If you choose to defend, you play your defense card face down. Right. Once you've chosen our cards, we'll both flip them at the same time. And if my attack was three, your defense was two, you take one damage. Yes. Accounting for each card, well, not all of them, most of them also have an ability. They'll be printed on the card. We'll say if it applies immediately during combat or after combat. Sometimes those can, you know, help you draw more cards or move spaces or do extra damage or cancel another person's effect yeah. so really it's kind of like a little bit of chess a little bit of like bluffing card game like if you played something like um condoteri yeah. or you know we talked about this a bit when we talked about um Ankh, gods of egypt with the way that the cards right. work for combat it's it's kind of like a simplified version
1: of that um Although, for this one, unlike Ankh, there's not usually a benefit to losing a fight. <laughs> no, you really don't want
0: to lose. Um, I mean, very occasionally, you might get to, like, draw a card or something. But Maybe. health is the currency of this game. Yes. Um, yeah, and each player just has their own move value. And anytime you maneuver, you get to draw a card from your deck and move your printed move value. So you're just trying to, like, balance going back and forth between chasing someone else around the board to, like, hit them... Or if you are not in a good position to attack, running away from them to try and survive. Yeah. And that's basically it.
1: Yeah, because on your turn, those are basically the only choices you have. You can either maneuver, you can attack, or or you you can scheme. scheme.
0: Yeah. And you'll be taking two actions per turn.
1: Yes. Um, You must take
0: two per turn. And, you know, you can even repeat the same one twice, but... Yeah. That's yeah. that's it. Like there's no real flexibility to the structure of a turn. There're not a ton of options. It's very straightforward, very quick game. I think I'm thinking of all the games re-
1: reviewed so far and this I might simplest. say this
0: is the simplest. Maybe
1: this or Azul. I think this is simpler than Azul even.
0: It's it's a tough one, but that yeah. just that just goes to tell you. Um but that said, that doesn't that's not a knock against this game because no. I really enjoy this game it's and fine. Yeah, like, I got the Cobble and Fog set, and then within a week, I went and got another set. That just... I mean, that's how they get you. (laughs) Um, That's kind of the point, but... You just, like, when you play it a few times, you just kind of very quickly... You want to keep trying new characters. And before you know it, you're like, wait, have I tried all of them? Wow. I want more. I want to, like, keep it fresh.
1: And, yeah. I think... No, I think that's very true. I think that's very true. And, uh... I mean... So, I mean, honestly, there's not much more to say in terms of, like, gameplay. We've kind of hit on everything already. Yeah. But and, um, I
0: mean, we can't really have a discussion about expansions because, again, there is no base, base games, game. Like, so you speak. can buy any set of Unmatched and have that be your starting point because every set of Unmatched will come with um, at least one map to play on, at least two characters, and a complete rulebook. That's everything you need, and then from that point on, you're just adding to it. Yeah. Um. So maybe instead of discussing expansions, we can do a fun little uh, new segment to change things up. Instead. What do you got? So, you know, we mentioned a lot of the characters that are available now, and they are continuing to release new ones.
1: They are indeed. So,
0: with that in mind, do you have an ideal dream? unmatched set that you would love to see released you can choose an ip or you can choose characters from public domain totally up to you
1: got it so we are whispering into the ear of the game designers our wish list for the next unmatched set do i have that right yeah i wouldn't be
0: surprised if people have made fan-made ones
1: yeah i could see that yeah well i do have an inkling of an idea on this um i think it'd be fun to go with a little historical set nice and kind of kicked around a couple of ideas, but I think I'd like to keep it centered on, well, I mean the Eurasian landmass broadly. So a little from Europe, a little bit from, you know, the, the Mediterranean, East. a little bit from, you know, the Middle East into the Eurasian steppes. So nice. The, the old world, as they say, the old world. Sure. Let's call it that. <laughs> um, so we've got in there Joan of Arc. Okay. We've got Cleopatra. Nice. And then we've got Genghis Khan because we need some sort of like you've got to have a he- horse a heavy riding head, yeah. like step warrior. Yeah. In in the mix. And then I think rounding it out with Hannibal because. I didn't want to go Roman. It felt a little too obvious and mm-hmm. just like but Julius Caesar in there would be a little bit too easy. Yeah, and like Hannibal just like with, you know, crossing the Alps and everything, you could do some kind of fun things with uh just like, you know, military His stratagems yeah. and
0: Also Julius Caesar would have a conflict of interest with Cleopatra. So yeah, I feel probably like, for the best.
1: Yeah, probably. I don't I don't think that that would have that would have worked well.
0: Yeah. I like it.
1: Yeah. How about you? You got a, a set in mind?
0: Yes. It is more, I guess, uh, quirky, but I really like this. Hear me out. Okay, let's go. I want a Christmas set of Unmatched.
1: Christmas set? Yes. Do tell. Santa. Santa. Okay. Jack Frost. Okay. Scrooge. Scrooge. Okay. And Krampus. I like that.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I'm kind of thinking as I look at each of these um, sets that I have, like, each character kind of has their own niche so like in the battle of legends box you know medusa is like the ranged one um sinbad is kind of movement based and strategic it's kind of like king arthur is like a big melee fighter so i'm thinking like you know jack frost can kind of maybe do damage to the areas around him like a cold zone Maybe Santa like eats cookies and regains health
1: or something. Or has like little elf assistants. Or goes down chimneys to give escape or something. Yeah. Like or that. like
0: yeah, and then like um maybe Scrooge has like the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future as his assistance, and maybe they scare him, but also like help him like acquire new things, like new cards. Because mm. he gains wisdom. I don't know. That's huh. my thoughts. And I think in terms of the maps, um, because, like, in these sets of four, the maps are double-sided, and they're kind of thematic yes. to what they are. So one of my maps, I want it to be, like, the North Pole, Santa's okay. Workshop. Yeah. And then the other one can be, like, Victorian London Christmas.
1: And that's where Krampus just runs wild. Yeah, and Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we can have, like, a, city, like a you know, Victorian, nice, snowy city. Yeah. And then North Pole is just goofy candy canes and elves and toys.
1: You know, I don't know how this works from a, like copyright standpoint or mm. just like you know celebrity likeness but uh I'd love to see Michael Kane as Scrooge in this game reprising his role from A Muppet Christmas Carol that'd be fun. Mm.
0: That might run more into the IP territory.
1: It would. I just want that, for Scrooge I want him to be um
0: like really bent and scrawny with like <laughs> with like a like with a, a gaslight and a really long yeah. nightcap in his <laughs> nightgown. That's the Scrooge that I want. Love it. Yeah nice awesome unmatched um designers if you're listening um we accept royalties but no need it's fine uh, <laughs> I'm,
1: seeing this go to market would be a reward yeah, in, that's in all itself. i want for christmas <laughs> all i
0: want for christmas is my unmatched christmas set um so back back to reality a
1: little bit. yeah now but, that we've like had our creative outlet for the day yes <laughs> what would you suggest to first-time game players it's a pretty simple game but what would give somebody a leg up against their friend when they're unboxing this game for the first time
0: yes so again i would just put out the uh public service announcement about the three and four player game make sure you're on teams because you don't want to be doing it solo because it'll take way too long than this game should yes that aside my number one tip is, I think that... And I've seen this with new players. I think sometimes people are too um, shy about being aggressive. Like, I think people have an inclination to run away and like put themselves on the far side of the map away from, you know, conflict. Because they think, oh, that'll help me live. But you have to remember, like, the whole point of the game is the conflict. And a lot of your card abilities are going to be tied to fights, and the other person isn't gonna die by you doing nothing and also what we should have mentioned is like when your deck runs out of cards then anytime that you would have to draw one you take one hit point of damage so if you're constantly maneuvering to run away that means you're also constantly drawing cards from your deck so you might run out first and then end up dying anyway um so i would say like be aggressive like don't run away too much and if you're playing with one of those characters like um from the sets I have, Medusa and Dracula each have three, um, like assistants. Medusa has harpies, and Dracula has um, sisters. Like they're very fragile because they have one health each. But use them strategically. Don't hold back on them. If they die, it's
1: okay. You know? Yeah. Because like, you're basically getting people to like waste, waste cards attack on cards, them. cards. Yeah, on and them. it
0: doesn't matter yeah. if they die as long as your hero is alive. So that that would be my tip.
1: Yeah. What about you? I think my tip would be that just paying attention. I mean, this is pretty elementary, but paying attention to hand count. I mean, you mentioned like not going through your cards too fast because you don't want to be taking damage at the end, but like this is a very tempo driven game. And one of the main, um, you know, ways that that plays out to my mind is you're kind of gauging how many cards you have versus how many your opponents had because ed's right you don't want to like shy away from the fight and like you know waste a bunch of time maneuvering but uh, by the same token you don't entirely want to go in guns a-blazing if somebody has more cards than you because if you burn through a couple defense cards and don't have An ability to replenish when you're in close proximity to someone then you're vulnerable then you're vulnerable and most i would say most of the players in this game are melee and you need to be adjacent to you to hit you with the exception of a few like robin hood and medusa
0: yeah um i give a really good example of what you're just talking about so every character as i mentioned like has a completely different deck except all of them have a card called Faint, Yes. Which lets you cancel... It has two attack or defense power, your choice, and it lets you cancel the effect of the opposing player's card. And everybody has three of them in their deck. And so you can... You're allowed... It's totally in the rules. You are allowed to look at your opponent's discard pile. Right? So if you, if I look in your discard pile and see that you've already used one of your feints, I know in my head that you have two left right? And if you have a hand of six cards, I might think to myself, okay, there's a pretty decent chance one that he's 10. holding a feint. So if I attack him with my really good special card that has an amazing ability that I only have one or two of, maybe I don't want to do that right now because I don't want to risk having it be canceled out by a feint. Right. So I might want to wait until you know I get you to play your feints On less special cards, things like that. Right. And in terms of like the card number in hand as well, another really good example of that is Medusa. Medusa has three copies of a card that I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it basically has to do with like turning people into stone. I think it's called Eyes of Stone or something. Um, And it's an attack card with an attack of two, which is really low. Like the lowest an attack can be is a one. The highest I've seen is a 6 without any special ability. So a 2 is really not great. But that card's ability is that if you win the combat, it does 8 additional damage. Which, when everybody's starting with probably an average of 15 health, that is massive. Yeah. So again, you don't want to play one of those um, Eyes of Stone, let's call it that, cards that Medusa has and then have the effect canceled by a feint or play it when i see that you have, you know, seven cards, cards in your and hand and all you, need, have a all you need all you need is to play a two or higher because defense wins ties to make me not win the combat. So i'll be like, "Cool, i'm going to save that card until you only have like one or two cards in your hand or maybe even none and then like use it when i feel confident that there's a pretty good chance that i'm yeah. going to get the full benefit of it." And that's right. what i really love about this game. Like it is as we, you know, as we kind of showed in our rules explanation is so easy to learn but there is so much strategic um there's flexibility and like replay value and yeah. and tons of options that rewards like paying close attention to what you have what other people have what other people have played how your character works and even the map you're on because all the maps while they might at first glance look the same they're very different like one of the ones I have has secret passages that connect to each other. Some of them have um, kind of like an upstairs, downstairs vibe. Yeah, like yeah, one. Or like for more tiles that one. have multiple zones affiliated with them versus some are one zone each. It's, yeah, there's just a lot in this game. It's really rich. And I think it probably won't be long before I find myself bringing home another set. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. So. I don't know if you had anything more to say on tips, but, um... No, that's I mean, it for now. I mean, the other side of that coin, any... Do you have anything to add in terms of, like, um, pitfalls to avoid for folks that are playing this for the first time? We've kind of alluded to yeah, some of this already. Yeah, I mean, already.
0: Just, I think I covered it with just, you know, not being afraid to really dive in and swing your weapon at the opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So... Um, with that, what is your favorite thing about Unmatched?
1: My favorite thing about Unmatched is hands down just how I will I won't say that every single matchup is well balanced, but there are enough of them in the times we've played that are well balanced, where it really does come down to that last card or two. Yeah, and it's just it's tense it's high stakes and it's really fun
0: it is really fun like there was one time when i think we each had one health left and i just remember slamming the table (laughs) because i pulled it out at the last minute when i thought i was gonna lose it's so satisfying yeah and like i played a game today where i had 13 health my opponent had one and i lost yeah because i just i messed it up on like i all i needed was one more turn to like seal the deal i i this is a total like tortoise in the hair moment. Yeah. I thought I had it completely in the bag. I saw the end in front of me. My opponent was going to lose on the very next turn, had no cards left in the deck, and yet I lost. Yeah. I really, yeah. And you know what? I had to respect it because it was well-earned. And that's just the kind of game this is. Like, I I could see some people maybe not enjoying this, people who don't like um, conflict and aggression Yes. Because that is the nature of this game. There is nothing to this game other than attacking other people. So if that is not for you, yes. then maybe you won't like this. But I, I just think it's really great. And I guess before I move on, I'll just say my favorite thing about it is, right. I mean, all the things we've covered um, in terms of just like the simplicity to teach it and the flex, but like the payoff of the flexibility and the fun, as you mentioned. Yeah. And also just like the concept of... Yeah. You know, this, like, crossover of all these cool classic characters in a game that, you know, you can just keep adding to and customizing in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I, I would agree with that. How about... What
0: is the thing you like least about this game? Yeah,
1: there is replay value to it, but there's more purchasing that needs to be done in order to maximize The replay value here as opposed to other games i feel like because i mean even one of these sets where you know there's at at most four different you know playing options characters in a set and you know because it's such a short game like you could honestly you don't even need a week to get through all of them no you could have a two-hour
0: session of a match and play all four in a set
1: yeah yeah and so, I mean, there's something nice about that. There's something nice to being able to crank out games that quickly. But, like, you know, I it does, I think, I wouldn't want to play this every week. Right.
0: Do you feel, is that, like, a different feeling to you than, like, games that have a base, scale, a base game versus expansions?
1: A little bit, just because, I don't know. You know me. I'm a sucker for games where there's multiple paths to victory and, like, yes. you can kind of hedge your bets and like score in different ways in this game i mean there's more offensive and more defensive characters there's only like, one way to there's victory. only one way to win <laughs> there's no points yeah
0: the only points is the other person being at zero health
1: yeah. yeah yeah i get you
0: um and that's why like it'll never be like my favorite game in the world and as we said it's not the most complex game it's right pretty low down in terms of complexity but i'm very glad that i have it to fill that niche because there are a lot of times where it's like "Eh, i have 20 30 minutes let's just play a game of
1: unmatched and it's a really solid great time yeah for sure how about you if there was uh you know one thing you'd change about this game or one thing that you wish was a little different what would that be um this has nothing to do with the gameplay itself
0: mine is the inclusion of like IP franchises <laughs> as some of the sets. And I think yeah. particularly because from what I can tell, the early sets, like I think this Battle of Legends Volume 1 set I have was the first set that came out. And that was in 2019. And then the Cobble and Fog was in 2020. And as I look at the more recent set sets, it seems like most of the new ones are Marvel characters. And I'm like, uh, did we... Did we really need another, like, Marvel, you know, game? There's so many. Like, even Marvel games that release new content constantly. There's Marvel Dice Throne. There's Marvel Champions. Marvel United. Yeah. You know, the Marvel Disney Villainous set. Like, did we really need to do this? And, it like, I have no interest in getting those or, like, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer sets. So I just hope that... Not not, even Jurassic
1: Park? No,
0: because... (laughs) Yeah, I... The T-Rex is cool, but, like, the other character is, like, one of the human characters. Why would I want to play as that? Wait,
1: there's a human character? I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: It's it's a two-character set. One is human, one is a dinosaur. What? There's not even a Velociraptor in it? I think there might be two different Jurassic Park sets, so maybe uh, the other one. I don't okay. know. Okay. Um, that shows you how uninterested I am in the IP <laughs> sets. So, I mean,
1: like... Fair, fair.
0: I don't think that this would be a game where I would ever, like, have wanted to collect everything anyway, because, like... Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I imagine it's going to be diminishing returns in terms of how many characters can you really get before it kind of becomes the same and it just takes up a ton of space and you spend a lot of money on a very simple game. But now it just feels like there's a, like, close to probably half the available characters now I've just kind of locked off as options in my head because I just don't feel like they fit well with what, like, the game's theme and, like, tone was in concept at the beginning. You know, it feels a little bit like jumping the shark. So, like, maybe Doctor Strange is the most amazing character in Unmatched. But I don't really care because I don't want to try him. You know, or, like, I never watched Buffy the Vampire Sl- Slayer. So, I don't know what any of those characters are. Whereas, like, everybody knows Dracula. Everybody knows Alice. You know? It's just... Yeah. I'm way more interested in those characters. So, like, okay. there's enough out there that I would... You know, look again, maybe a couple more sets like the Robin Hood Bigfoot or the Battle of Legends volume two, because, you know, Bloody Mary busting through a mirror seems really fun. Um, But yeah, that's my only real knock against this game. Like, I cannot fault this game for being what it is in terms of the actual gameplay.
1: Yeah, because it does a really good job at it. For sure. That makes sense. Awesome. Uh, on that note, shall we uh, give our scores? Yes. Do you want to go first this time? Um, sure. I'm going to give Unmatched a
0: 9. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And again, that is very high, but, like, I'm judging it based on its own merits. Like, is it, you know, a super complex, you know, three-hour game? No. Is it, like, as you said, a way, you know, are you able to score different points, get a bunch of different paths to victory? No. But it's not trying to be that, so why would I... I'm judging it, like... They wanted to come out with a quick 30-minute, you know, matching up characters from different universes to see who would win. That is what this game is. The artwork is beautiful. It's yeah. really cool. It's very, like, illustrative, comic booky, and, like, fits the characters really well. The graphic design is very easy to understand and simple and clean. Um, the quality of the components is really nice. And every sing- single character deck feels very, like, intentionally designed. You yes. know, like, every character works exactly how you think they would. And if you're a fan of these characters from mythology or stories or for the people who love Marvel, like, that's really cool to actually feel like you're playing as that character. So, yeah, I I don't know what I would knock from that. So, yeah. I'm going to go with a nine.
1: Cool. That's what fair. about you? Well, I think this may be one of those... Games we don't necessarily totally agree on. I think uh, I enjoy this game. I like playing it, and I think my score is maybe more a product of my personal preferences in right. this, in this case than it is has been in other cases. And I'm willing to own up to the subjectivity of that. Um, so I think I would probably give Unmatched a seven. Okay, I do enjoy it. And especially as 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 one of those games that fills that like less than an hour niche, I think it's really solid. Um, but I think I have to knock it a little bit just for replay value just because it is I don't once I've played it once or twice I am totally fine not playing it again for a month and I feel like a game it's not one of those it doesn't grab me quite as much. And I think, yeah. So I think it's, it's partly a product of that, partly a product of like the limited number of different options of what you can play. Um, but I think the big thing is just, I'm it's a little bit more combat forward than I is my preference. Yeah.
0: That's fine. As I said, like that is not for everybody. Yeah. And, yeah there are like definitely some people i know who i wouldn't even suggest playing this with because right you know i don't think they would handle the aggression very well yeah <laughs> um cool well i don't think that's a negative review at all like a seven is pretty respectable like, yeah and, it's, and a nine is, is a, fun game. a nine is very high praise but i'm willing to give it because yeah i just think in terms of the smaller games on my shelf it comes out pretty frequently like sure it's on par with cascadia in terms of yeah. how often it comes up. very different games but like yes. they're filling that similar like 30 minutes or less yeah time similar time niche
1: for sure um yeah that makes sense do you i don't know if we want to get into this now or if we're going to end up cutting this but i'm just curious um we talked about some of the different people but like we didn't characters we didn't get a ton of time to dive into any of them but mm-hmm. it was just curious out of the ones that you've played do you have a favorite
0: oh okay so again just a refresher the ones that i have played king arthur alice medusa sinbad dr Jekyll and mr hyde the invisible man dracula and sherlock holmes i will say first off that medusa is the strongest and this is not just me saying this this seems to be out of the characters I have, the online like logs of people's plays where they track these things. It seems like I think Medusa tends to win about 70% of the games that she's in. Wow. So she's is, she's is very like she <laughs> she's has very good. She's the only character I have whose base movement isn't two, it's three. She has three harpies to assist her. She has awesome cards. She's a ranged attacker and her special ability is that at the beginning of my turn i do damage to one character in her zone and when she's ranged and she can stand on like a zone that you know on a spot that's like in three different zones that's half the board right there so like she's incredible like attack and defense she's really so good. she's really fun to use and really powerful um but at the same time that kind of makes her maybe not always the most fun or my favorite cuz it feels it's a little not bit not as much of
1: a challenge yeah so yeah. i
0: think my favorite other than her is Sinbad.
1: Damn, that's what I was going to pick. And
0: (laughs) Sinbad is really cool because he can like he has these cards in his deck called the Voyage Cards. And each one um, they kind of like compound together. So like for each Voyage Card in your discard pile, you get an extra movement. And when you play, so each Voyage Card, they have an attack of two. But for each one in your discard pile, when you attack, you get to add on plus one attack for each in your discard pile. And there's seven of them in your deck, so like your last one can have an attack of eight, yeah. If all goes well, if the ability isn't canceled, and each one also has like a different um, special ability. So like one lets you draw cards, one lets you move, the, one lets you do damage, and the the one one lets you heal.
1: The one that's really fun though is one of them lets you put all of the voyage cards in your discard pile back into your back into your deck
0: yeah so like you lose the benefits temporarily but you can kind of like start again and build it up again and get all the one-time benefits again
1: well and it lets you like have it gives you a leg up in terms of like running through your deck less quickly than others yes
0: yes but sinbad basically once you have a few of those um voyage cards down you basically can attack big and move anywhere and yeah. it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, may not be like the easiest one for a first time play because you have to really engage with the game on a higher level to like get the most out of it. But it's really awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but if, if that's the one that you were going to say, I'll just give one special shout out. Sure. To Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. As the other one. So Sherlock Holmes um, has Dr. Watson as his sidekick who is ranged, which is very nice. And he has a revolver, which does some damage. But Sherlock, he's not a big attacker, but the nice thing about him is he has a lot of scheme cards. Yeah. And a lot of, like, defense cards that let you, like, guess cards in your opponent's hand or, like, pull random cards from your opponent's hand, discard them. So it's very, like, very thematic in, like, guessing games and, like, looking at your opponent's hand, doing investigations. Yeah. And, yeah. Again, like, a very cool strategic character.
1: Oh, yeah. Did you have a a runner up to Sinbad? Um. I think well I mean Sin, Sinbad I think was head and shoulders my favorite. I I think it wasn't the most mm, it wasn't the most enjoyable one, but I think one that like you could get maybe the most satisfaction out of winning with maybe is <laughs> the Invisible Man. He's tough. He's very tough to play with.
0: I think he might be my least favorite of the ones I have.
1: I know. But he's... I could see why like it
0: would be satisfying to win with him because yeah.
1: it's hard. Yeah, because like he he. I mean, like Sherlock, he doesn't have very high attack usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he does get a defensive bonus if he's on one of his three fog tokens. But the tricky thing with that is, like, sometimes you can move them, but your opponents can sometimes move those too. Yes, which like you're often getting that pulled out from under you and not having your defensive bonus when you want it. Yeah, but. Yeah.
0: I think, and then I would just kind of like as the counterexample to Medusa. And this is a real shame because this is a character that I really wanted to love. And I don't hate him as much as I think most people do from what I can tell. But I really wish that King Arthur was more powerful. Mm. Because the flip side of Medusa's winning rate seems to be his. And I think part of the problem with him is that he's a melee character. Even though his um, assistant Merlin has range, Merlin doesn't have very many attack cards, so it's not great. And then King Arthur's ability is he can like throw away additional cards to add strength to his attacks, which is nice. Not something you want
1: to do a lot, right? But it's nice if
0: you can get it to work, but it means you're burning through a deck very quickly, and he has so many good attack cards that you're like throwing away other good cards to supplement another good card. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I think because he comes in the same set as Medusa, that means that there are going to be a lot of times where he is up against Medusa, and that puts him at a real disadvantage because he cannot defend well. He does not have many defense cards, and Medusa, has- those Eyes of Stone situation, deadly. And it disincentivizes you from like throwing away cards as Arthur, and also he's melee, so he has to be next to Medusa... To do and damage to, to her. And so her ability her, is gonna yeah. damage him every turn. Yeah. So I think that might be part of why he loses a lot, because I imagine a lot of people that have him maybe just have this set and end up playing against Medusa a lot. Um so I think as a tip to first time players, a King Arthur Medusa matchup is not advisable. I think that is the most challenging match. Like if you want to yes. challenge, like between two people who know the game well, and you want to struggle Play as Arthur against Medusa and you will struggle.
1: Or or I will say if you want to know if you can trust your friend who's introducing you to this game, if they're letting you be Medusa and they're gonna be King Arthur, you have a good friend.
0: Yes. They're they're helping you a bit. <laughs> Great. Um well that's all I have to say about Unmatched. I look forward to uh trying new characters and yeah adding to this uh wealth of public domain wisdom.
1: Yeah, and I mean we've got, you know, plenty of time another 6 months or so before uh, your Christmas set comes out presumably. So, uh, willing. yeah, we got some time <laughs> to try some new combos in the meantime. Awesome. We'll see I you next week. Next week? Yeah.
0: Bye.